0: One of my very favorite moments in the history of the life of God's people is when one of the youth group members says on my way up here, good luck. (laughs) Thank you. So the bread theme has been rolling a lot this morning because we were in the back, and people in the back are looking out at a little bit larger crowd today, and said, are we gonna have enough bread at communion? I said, I think you forget that this whole morning is devoted to the praise of one who took five loaves and two fishes, fed thousands. I think he can handle us. Everybody get served? See? And then I go in the sound booth. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but there's something with the air conditioning system. Y'all peek your head in there. Somehow, it is carrying uh, the Nedra's garlic bread. And it's all winding up in the sound booth. I don't... I don't know why, so if the people in the back row get impatient during worship, it's like, can we go eat lunch? Now you know why. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this morning. We ask that you be so gracious as to make your way a little clearer, but also to give us the eyes to see your way. Help us to see the path that you put before us every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Orientation. This is the steering wheel of the car. It helps you to drive the car straight and to make turns. Disorientation. I took the turn and I didn't slow down fast enough and I peeled into the parking lot and it made the tires squeal and all the people in the car squeal as well. Reorientation, slow down next time in order to negotiate the turn more smoothly. Orientation. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Disorientation. Many false prophets have gone out into the world. Reorientation. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. We might call where we are right now in the history of God's people a period of reorientation. Or we might call it, as some have named it, new orientation. And it keeps challenging us and begging the question, is there ever a time in the life of God's people, in the body of Christ, for us to take on a new focus? To just say out loud, maybe we have put emphasis in places that didn't need as much emphasis as we thought they did. And if that is the case then where should the emphasis be? If it's a time for new orientation, then what is that new focus? Let's hear 1 John 4. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. but If we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. We know that we live in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in Him and He in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother or sister, that one is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother or sister, whom you have seen, cannot love God. whom You have not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love your brother and sister. So you have all this talk of spirits. But then what's a little bit easier to figure out what he's talking about is anything false. verses. Everything that is true. And sometimes what this really takes is a little bit of communal discernment. That is, us doing this together. If I go out into the world and I say, Yep, that's true, and that's false. If the people around me, whom I love, and whom we confess Christ together, say, Hmm, not so sure about that. Let's talk about it. Let's just... Let's just visit about this. Then we enter together into the work of God. We discern together. And where it begins is not with us. And this is the whole point of 1 John 4. This is the whole point of a new orientation, is that this does not begin with us. You caught that, right? In 1 John 4, over and over again, John writes, this doesn't start with us. This starts with God. How do we know what love is? Because of God. How do we know how to take the next step in our lives? How do we know how to get through today and tomorrow? Because of God. Jesus Christ has come into the world. Well, What does that mean? Mm, Well, that's what this is all about. That's why this takes a lifetime of practice. Jesus Christ has come into the world, still here. How do we live that out? It takes a lifetime of practice so what do we put into practice? We put the message. The message that we continue to proclaim as the people of Christ. Love one another because God chose and loved us first. Not because we just decided one morning as the people of God to say, you know, it'd probably be a good idea to love one another. And we've had that from the very beginning. That is the root of everything. Well, aren't we talking about love too much? Isn't there, aren't there other things that we need to be talking about? No, there aren't. I mean, Jesus, when it came down to it, when he was challenged by the religious establishment with, I mean, pick something. You seem to be all over the place in your preaching. Pick something. And Jesus said, you know, love God, love your neighbor. There, go live that out. Well, that's not going to take me very long. Yeah, It is you really start putting this stuff into practice, it's going to take a while. Love God. Love your neighbor. God is saving us from our sins through Jesus. This is our primary message. And when I say primary message, if we made that the only message for our church for the rest of our lives, it's going to take a while. God lives in us, and God's love is made complete in us. Did you hear that out of 1 John 4? God lives in us and God's love is made complete in us. Now just think about that for a minute. God's love is made complete in us. Is that saying what I think it's saying? That God's love cannot be complete without us? What if what 1 John, as a new orientation, is calling us to is to participate in the project of creation that God started from the very beginning and that what God wants from us is to complete this project of creation with God, hand in hand with God, so that every time we love one another, we are participating in the very act of creation. We partner with God in this main message which is the love that God has for us saving us from the lies of falsehood so rampant in the world around us. So let's talk about why John wrote this in the first place and what it has to do with our church. Buy this car because it has a great sound system. Buy this car because it's going to turn heads when you drive it down the road. Buy this car because it's going to get you to your destination every time you drive. See the difference? Come to our church because we have an exciting worship service. You know, come to our church because you know, we'll make you feel good and happy. Come be a part of our group of Jesus followers because God loves you. And together, we are being freed from our sins and the lies of this world. You see the difference? I like exciting and I like happy. I like loved us and freed us from our sins more. That is the message that sustains us. Is there a time for the body of Christ to take on a new focus? Yes. Anytime that law starts being emphasized more than love, it's time for the church to say we need a new focus. 1 John 4 reminds us of the central message that too often gets pushed to the periphery in an age of marketing, And packaging. We think that the goal is that if we just market this the right way, or we just package it just right, that's what's going to sell it. Lies and falsehood of the world. That's not what this is about. It never has been, it never will be. God loved us first. And so we love one another. That's worth saying. Think about the original message. Okay, Go back to the very beginning. Back to the very beginning of what we think of as when God communicated with the people. You have all of these stories at the very beginning of the Bible. But then, after a lot of these stories had already been played out, The people of God decide, let's tell the story again. Let's tell it a second time. And so they did. It's what we call, by the way, the book of Deuteronomy, which means second law. You know, let's tell this story again. And when they told the story again, they said, how do we tell this in such a way that when people ask, what is the first commandment, there'll be no doubt, not a shred of doubt as to what the first command is. They said, all right, let's put it this way. And we're going to talk about it in such a way that makes it practical. That is, I want you to tell your children these things when they wake up in the morning, when you all go to bed at night, when you leave the house, when you come back in, here's what you say in all of those instances. And so here is the very first command. And you know what it is? Anybody? You think it's love the Lord your God, right? Nope. Trick question. Deuteronomy 6.4 begins with the first command. And you know what it is? It's the first word. Hear. Hear, O Israel. Then the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with everything that you are. But the first command is hear. You think that that is not going to have a tremendous punch in this particular culture? If we can just get everybody to just stop for a minute and hear, listen, listen. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone? And you're going back and forth. It's a great conversation. You're having a really good time. And then, you know, it's, it's like it's your turn to talk. And you're ready and you go, I forgot what I was going to say. You know why that is? You know why you forgot what you were going to say? you were listening it's not possible to really listen and rehearse what you're going to say next and so if you ever forget what you're going to say it's actually not a bad thing it's actually kind of good because it says you're listening we think a lot of times in the life of the people of god that this story has already been written And all we're going to do for the rest of our lives in the life of the church is just tell a story from the past. That would bore me to tears. I mean, you really want to spend 50, 60, 70 years of your life or some of you, you know, were born out in the foyer or are going to be here for 100 years? Ashley, that was the inside joke we were talking about the other night. I'll tell you afterwards. But really, do you want to spend an entire life telling a story about God that's already been written? The story of God is continuing to be written on this very day. This, what we're doing right now, worshiping the Lord, is continuing to write and tell the story of God. That's something that we need to tell. That's something that we share with people. Come and listen to a story from 2,000 years ago and maybe it will connect with you. Really? Come, let me tell you a story about the living Jesus who one time did this and who right here, right now is doing the same exact thing. Feeding us with bread that continues to sustain us. That's the original message. Can we hear it? Hear, O Israel, Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then do you think it's coincidence that when the people of God around Jesus started telling this story again, They picked up on that language of the Lord is one and then said, in Christ Jesus. Now that we are in Christ Jesus, all of these things that we use to separate one another, and it's as though Galatians is saying just take your pick. All these things that we use to separate each other, male and female, Jew and Greek, slave-free, rich-poor, white-black. Take your pick. Those are nothing. Nothing. Another place in the writings of the New Testament actually goes so far as to say all these things that we thought were so important that I have spent them my life devoted to are rubbish compared with this. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Everybody. You have access to God just as much as anybody else in this room or who's not in this room. That is the new orientation. But let me tell you, it's going to take an entire lifetime to put this into practice. Amen. Okay, so now for an afterthought. Reading the Bible does not make you a Christian any more than reading the driver's ed handbook is going to make you a good driver. (laughs) I say that as someone who has devoted almost my entire life, at least my entire adult life, to reading and studying and teaching Scripture until now, when finally, after all this time, I have realized that my job as a minister of the gospel is not to study, read, and teach Scripture. It is to tell the story of Jesus in such a way that says, we are still of a part of this story that has been written, is being written and some of which is still unwritten. Read your Bible. All four are reading Scripture. We're going to keep reading Scripture, but, If we read and do not put it into practice all day, every day, then it's just not enough. Once upon a time, there was a tourist walking through the streets of New York City. The tourist is completely, just cannot find anything. And the tourist walks up to an NYPD officer and says, how do I get to Carnegie Hall? And the officer says, practice.